Previously on the Podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy. Time travelling listeners of the Podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy, who are five years out of sync, will now be listening to things that happened back in September 2014, where our major topics were 1080, that's the poison, not the screen size slash resolution, and the general election in Aotearoa, New Zealand. Not the best election, really. Mired in a bit of the old dirty politics. Fortunately, yes. Now, if our putative time travellers were a mere four years out of step, then in September 2015 they would have been able to hear a discussion of Quibono. Who I believe at the time we pointed out is a singer from Ireland with a penchant for sunglasses. Yes. Yes, very droll. Uh, and they would have heard us talk about WTC Building 7. A topic we returned to last week in our patron bonus episode. Mm. Uh, as well as an interview with Brian Alkeley. Oh, and we talked about a water gate? Whatever that is. Never mm. heard of it. Mm. Meanwhile, people stuck a mere three years in the past will have experienced September 2016's Topical Choices. A filler episode. Well, more a, a grab bag of conspiracy nuggets. A precy of my talk at Deakin University in Melbourne. And a summation of a topic Brian Keeley and I worked on in our joint book chapter on conspiracy theories, the notion of improvised knowledge and expertise. And because it was a September episode, we had to cover the whole controlled demolition set of 9-11 conspiracy theories. Now as we get closer to the present day, time travellers a mere two years out of step will doubtless recall the episodes of September 2017, celebrity conspiracy theorists, and the beginning of our false flag series, which featured the shelling of Manila. Uh, not literally, of course, we didn't actually commit any, any war crimes ourselves. Allegedly. Uh, the Glywitch incident and those instant ball pogroms. Yes, and finally, last year's visitors will have heard our September 2018 sweep consisting of not one but two Michael Collinses, our first discussion of that whole QAnon thing, and then some junk science like the Flat Earth Thesis and the Dulls Plan. But now is not the past. Now is the future. Well, almost. Because it's September 26, 2019, and this is the Conspira News? Podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy, brought to you today by Josh Addison and Dr. M. Denton. Hello and welcome to the Podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy. I am Josh Addison, sitting next to me getting sourced as usual is Dr. M. Rx Dentith. This is cast strength. Is it? What? Cast strength. Whiskey, which is cast strength, is the alcoholic percentage as it comes out of the cask, as opposed to the watered-down stuff you tend to buy in your humble greengrocers. Right, so casks. So it sounded slightly like you were saying car strength, and I thought, does that mean it, it like has the same octane as car petrol 58% alcohol. Yeah, probably did Which job, requires but... a little bit of water from the monk. Hmm. Uh, for our podcast listeners, Emma's referring to a little jug in the shape of a monk. But no, frankly, it's actually a tiny, tiny little monk. That you've hollowed out and filled with water. Yes. Isn't it? Yes. Uh, nevertheless, I think getting something from the monk should be our, our euphemism of choice in <laughs> Our future. new catchphrase. Mm. And now, from the monk. Now, it's the end of September. It's also September. Did we talk about September? I think we talked about the fact we haven't talked about September 11 
last week, didn't we? But that may have been the patron bonus episode. It may episode. be in the patron So yeah. we should acknowledge the fact that it's September and September 11, the granddaddy of all conspiracy theories, happened in September, strangely, hence the name. But we don't really have anything new to say about it this year, so we kind of haven't. Well, we kind of did with did that we? whole WTC7 oh. thing in the patron bonus episode. But it was... Yeah, I mean it's not new, not new or new. novel. It's not. It's not. It's not breaking news. It's mm. just people who think that WTC seven wasn't destroyed by uh, by debris from the twin towers and do think it was destroyed by a controlled demolition have commissioned an engineering report that says exactly that. Mm. And there you go. Um, but yes, being the end of the month, it's time for a nice news roundup episode. So we um we actually have a hell of a lot. I think, looking at our notes. So we might have to skip briskly through some of it, but that's okay. I prefer to gamble. We can we can gamble like little baby lambs, if that's what you prefer. I think more gamble than gamble. Mm. If you're gambling like a baby lamb, A, I want to know what kind of casino you're going to, and B, stop it. Stop mm. it now. Fair enough. So yes, I think we, we have a lot of we have a lot of sort of updatey stuff, most of which we've mentioned in the bonus episode, so we'll skip past that quickly. But before we get to that, we have some actual new news. Hence and that thing, requires a sting and a fortress around my heart. Hmm. Breaking breaking conspiracy theories in the news. So I guess we have to start with the big news. And that's one the of news. the big news. Well, yes. well the other big the news other is big actually news. in the update yeah. section because it is kind of an update to a story we've already mm. told. Did Boris Johnson lie to the British public, the British Parliament, and the Queen? The and Queen, ladies and I gentlemen. Know, I know, I know. I mean, the British are really concerned, but he, li- he may have lied to Parliament, but he lied to the Queen. Mm. How dare he? And this does suggest a conspiracy because it's quite obvious that Johnson has. Advisor Dominic Cummings and Michael Gove, who I think is the Attorney General in the UK, all kind of got together to tell the story about they were going to prorogue Parliament, to put it into recess, to give a Queen's speech. And it now seems quite clear the Supreme Court in the UK has gone. They actually just wanted to shut down Parliament to stifle any debate about Brexit, which does look as if that goes against the stated rationale by the Prime Minister, his Attorney General and the Advisor, which does suggest the existence of a conspiracy. And it's all rather exciting, and it's all kind of breaking news Mm. right now. So, yeah, there was a, what happened this morning, a su- Supreme Court ruling or some sort of court. Well, that was Did yesterday morning. Was that yesterday morning? Yeah. So there's been that. And then, yeah, Boris Johnson seems to be doing the, the whole dead cat thing by saying uh, incredibly offensive stuff about the death of MP Joe Cox. And daring Labour to vote for an election. Mm. So, yes, that's that's probably to be expected, but nothing of substance has happened this very second, so I guess we'll have to come back to it later. Yes, I'm sure it'll be an update next month. Mm, quite possibly. Now, PewDiePie. You're down with the kids. I, I, I have kids, yes. You're, and not, they, you're, not, you're not down with them? Not particularly down with them, no. 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 They do their own thing, you know, generation gap and all that. Do you, have, they, have, have, have you sent them down the coal mines yet? Not yet, but it's no. only a matter of time. They do, they do though, sort of returning to topic, they do um, enjoy watching YouTubers YouTubing, uh, which I cannot see the appeal of. I think they prefer the term influencers these days. Well, some of them are, some of them aren't. But, but PewDiePie, I don't actually know if he still is. For a while, he was he was the biggest of them all. He had more subscribers than any other channel on YouTube. One hundred still... million subscribers, or something like I that. I think it was even more. He, yeah, he, he beat Rihanna. She was 
she was number one and he knocked her off the top. Um, I don't know if that's still true, though, but he's definitely still very big. D does keep d doing... Um, stupid, stupid stuff. Stupid stuff. He's he's had the occasional uh, uh, racial slur pop out in, during heated moments on some of his streams. He's done hilarious japes, like there was you, you, he found some people who he, who would in Africa or somewhere who you could pay to just hold up a sign on the camera saying whatever you want. And so he thought the hilarious thing would be to get them to say what was it, death to the Jews or something, 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 like that something, type, yeah. something, something. Ever so slightly Edgy. Nazi adjacent, um, and yeah, so so this this sort of stuff has happened uh, enough for it to become a bit of a bit of a theme in itself. Which then meant that a few weeks ago, uh, PewDiePie, whose real name is Felix Kielberg, decided he was going to donate, and this is in British pounds, forty thousand five hundred pounds sterling to the Anti-Defamation League to show that he's not an alt-right figure and not a racist. Mm. How did the world react to PewDiePie going, I'm going to give money to the Anti-Defamation League to show that I'm not a racist? Well, some people sort of said it's a nice gesture, but doesn't actually make you not a racist. And um, some people said, what? You're giving money to the Anti-Defamation League, thereby distancing yourself from an alt-right peoples, but I'm an alt-right peoples. And I like you, and mm. if you're giving money to the Anti-Defamation League, that means you don't like me. And, ooh. and this caused PewDiePie to decide to not give money to the Anti-Defamation mm. League. So yeah, his line was kind of... Um, yeah, I, I had been advised to give money to the Anti-Defamation League because they're the most prominent sort of, what would you, what, what did you call them, advocates for Jewish causes and what have you. And that would be the, the, the sort of the most visible way of, of sort of sending the message, uh, sending an anti-Semitism anti message. Um, and then said, but now but he, he sort of agreed to do that, not really knowing anything about them. And then claims having looked into them, he now doesn't so much like the cut of their jib. So he plans to give a donation to someone else but not the Anti-Defamation League. Yes, and basically he's reacting to people who are making the claim that the ADL goes around calling people anti-Semitic for no other reason than they dislike particular people, and apparently they've been using the Christchurch shooting to manipulate people emotionally. Mm. Have they? They've talked about it's the Christchurch sure. shooting, mm. and people have got quite emotional when they think about the loss of life and the rhetoric which led to that loss of life. Mm. Yeah, so as it stands, um, he said he's he's kind of apologised, I guess. Apologised for, for planning to, to money. donate money yeah. to the ADL, yeah. Um, and has said basically that 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 it doesn't he doesn't he doesn't agree with them wholeheartedly and should have actually researched the charity that he was going to plan to planning to give money to before he gave money to them. And so now he's not gonna do that. But yeah, in terms of um in terms of the optics, I suppose you could say it the situation saying I'm going to do this good. this thing sort of to symbolically show that I'm not one of these anti-Semitic alt-right twats and uh, then going back on it, that, that kind of sends the message that maybe you are. Yeah, mm. yeah. So basically didn't give money because of a conspiracy and the suspicion is that he's part of the very conspiracy itself. Mm. Let's move on. Let's move on, yes. Let's move on to a much more jolly topic, Saudi Arabia. Saudi, ah, uh, gotta love them. Except for when they murder foreign journalists and hack them up with a Oh, we've sword. forgotten about that. That's yes, ancient, no, that's ancient news. news. No, no, now we're concerned that the Iranians are attacking the Saudis. Yeah, and no, I, I haven't... 
I, I confess I haven't been paying possibly as much attention as I should have been to this topic, given that it seems to be um, how the the Trump administration is trying to kick off a war in Iran. Um, but what is it? Saudi Arabia oil installations were bombed. They say Iran did it. The Iranians say they didn't. Yemen's people, in there somewhere. Yeah. So the Houthi, who are in the Yemen area, which is kind of the south of Iran, at least in the southern region, they have claimed responsibility. Saudi Arabia and the US have said, no, that's nonsense. The Iranians are simply using the Houthi to basically wage a proxy war against Iran. So you can't trust the people saying they're responsible for the event because they're being used by the Iranians uh, to cover up the fact the Iranians were in fact responsible. The Saudi Arabians said we've got evidence that it's Iranian manufactured weaponry which caused the attack. The Houthi have gone, actually, these are the devices we use to attack you. Here are the launch points. This is how we coordinated the attack so it all occur at the same time. And the entire world is going, we don't know who to believe mm. because it is true that Iran has waged proxy wars using proxies in the past. At the same time, we have an organization which is saying we actually did it. And the US and Saudi Arabia is going, no, just ignore them, just ignore them. The real people we want to blame at this particular point in time, who Donald Trump has been kind of a bender on, mm. is Iran. Yes, and it is kind of... Uh, it's convenient. Sh shades, shades of the Iraq War too, really. The whole yeah. Al-Qaeda, uh, a bunch of um, largely Saudi Arabian terrorists carried out this attack, uh, appear to be hiding in Pakistan now. So let's go invade Iraq and Saddam Hussein. There seems to be a little bit of um, the, the idea that it's what they want to do anyway, and they're just coming up with an excuse. And also, Americans won't be able to spot the difference on a map anyway. Well, yes. Although, to be brutally honest, I'm not sure I could. I know, I know the region, but if, if you gave me a map of the Middle East with no names, I would struggle to tell you which was Iraq and which was Iran. Scandalous. Yeah, that's so. That's that's my geographical ignorance for you. Um, is the more so? This again, kind of a developing thing. There, there is no war in Iran as we are recording this podcast, or at least not as of fifteen minutes ago. Yeah, uh, but who the heck knows? Um, and certainly, I can think of one or two uh, beleaguered American presidents who might fancy a distraction at, at the moment. But um, yeah, we'll get to that shortly. Yeah, we will. Uh, but some local news now. Yes, so this is the story of Marawa Glover. Now, she's a finalist for New Zealander of the Year due to her work around smoking cessation in Māori, particularly preg pregnant Māori women. But it turns out she takes money from Philip Morris, and this is causing many health researchers, not just here but abroad, to look askance at her work and her advocacy. Yeah, so it's 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 kind of a, a murky one, really. It really she, is she very has, murky. She has to have done some some you know genuinely good work here around around smoking. 
Um, but she has uh, the, the foundation that she set up has received one and a half million New Zealand dollars from the Foundation for a Smoke-Free World, which is a US-based foundation whose sole source of funding is Philip Morris. Now, she claimed at the time when she was being interviewed about this case of, you can't say it's all just from Philip Morris. I mean, I get my money from this foundation and it gets its sources from all sorts of places. Philip Morris is probably just one of the donators. And then they went, no, actually, Philip Morris is the sole funder. It's their foundation. The money has come indirectly from Philip Morris. And we do think it's a little bit unusual that for someone who does research into smoking, you're not aware of how this works. Mm. Now, I suppose the question to ask, though, is... Like, like it, it, it would be fairly blatant if um, someone uh, who, who's doing work on smoking were to receive a bunch of money from a foundation funded by Philip Morris and then come out with the results. Actually, it turns out smoking's not that bad. Smoking's kind of cool, actually. You should all do it because it makes you makes you interesting and, and fashionable. But So what has she actually been saying? Now, so what you're vamping we... here because your tablet's just crashed once again. You've got no access to the notes. What I do, because I use a much more reliable Apple And you, what fellow said, and was leading you towards the next point. That I knew was I there. just like to sometimes part the curse Fact on this podcast. I had my, my tablet has a weird bug that sometimes it restarts itself uh, for no reason whatsoever. Usually in the midst of the podcast. The podcast yes. So, yeah, the right questions here... Is her research driven by the funders, Philip Morris, or is her research actually driven by her research? And this is a murky situation because she is sceptical of passive smoking, and that's something that Big Tobacco has been sceptical of for quite some time. Mm. Uh, she thinks that we should, shouldn't focus on stopping young people from taking up smoking. We should be focusing on heavy smokers, which is something that the big tobacco companies have also talked about, because the big tobacco companies are afraid that if we focus our attentions on people entering the smoking marketplace, there won't be a smoking marketplace in a generation's time. So they'd much rather we focus on the heavy problematic smokers rather than casual smokers and the like. And she also opposed the recent ban that was brought in by the New Zealand government and smoking in cars. So you can no longer smoke in a car if you've got other... Pa is it other passengers or just children? I don't know I think it's details, just children. But... So she does have a variety of positions which do seem to at least resemble positions put forward by big tobacco companies. But the problem is researchers who have worked with her are saying, no, actually... She holds these strident views, but they are usually evidence-based. They're usually based upon research, or at least saying, given competing priorities and funding decisions we've got to make, this is what we should do for the most outcome. Mm. Yeah, so it's an interesting situation. You sort of have um, th this, this sort of situation that outwardly kind of seems to be on the level, but then when you dig a little bit, looks to be conspiratorial activity in terms of at least sort of people trying to peddle influence while hiding the fact that they're doing so by laundering their money through a, a foundation. Um, but the encounters to that saying, well, yeah, maybe that is true, but it still doesn't actually mean that this out, the, 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 um, 
research coming out of it um, is is invalid. So, and I, did we say at the start she is up for New Zealander of the Year? Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, so she's doing. Seems to be doing important work, but it's um it's all just a little bit a little bit hard to know what to and make of it. And at the same time, she's been blacklisted by the World Health Organization because of the association with Philip Morris. So it is a very very mm. murky situation. Is that something they did specifically to her, or is it simply they blacklist anyone who's associated with this foundation? Basically, yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So yeah, it's a funny one, um, and and an interesting just from a from a sort of. Academic might not be the right word, but uh, an academic sort of viewpoint of, of looking at how conspiracies work and stuff. It's kind of interesting to sort of see the claim and counterclaim and whether or not the claims actually impact reality in any case at all. Yeah, so those the, the short story here is just don't take money from big tobacco. Well, yes, it'll probably make life easier in the long run. It really would. So um, now we have one last new new, new news. That um, is something not not an update to a story we've had before. Um, our, our bonus patron content listeners will have heard a little bit about this, but we'll cover it again because it's too good a story not to. Precisely, because it's all about sea monsters, isn't sea it? Sea monsters. Ah, uh, so an underwater observatory in the Baltic Sea. Uh, the Bosnes Ek Observatory. Mm. It's gone. Yes. It's not there no more. Yeah. No, not, not a manned observatory, it, we should uh, say. It was transmitting data one day. It stopped transmitting data the next day. Uh, this. Okay. Oh, I haven't written down. It's it's worth it's worth about four hundred thousand yeah. US dollars or so. So they sent divers down to work out you know, what's gone wrong with our rather expensive observatory, and it's gone. All that's left is a ripped cable, and it's been removed. And according to the weather scientists who investigate these things, there was no storm at the time. There's no deep sea current that would have dragged it away. It's been taken, and I say it's been taken by sea monsters for no evidence whatsoever. Well, quite possibly. So apparently the area is restricted for fishing, so it couldn't have been dredged up in a net. Um, people have said that supposedly sharks sometimes go for cables and could possibly have bitten through it and then it could have gone away or something, but then other people have said, no, that isn't actually possible. Um, so yes, I think the leading contention among most people is that it was taken away by human looters wanting to get their hands on several hundred thousand dollars worth of equipment, but um, I think the sea monster's hypothesis should not yeah, be ignored. See, the fact that they're denying it's a sea monster makes mm. me think that's the real conspiracy. That's exactly what a sea monster yeah. would say. And the people who work for sea monsters. Who are themselves sea monsters. This is the claim I'm making. It's sea monsters all the way down, All isn't the it? way down to the bottom of the ocean, yes. Does the ocean even have a bottom? I mean, that might be part of the conspiracy. Well, I don't know. Now we're, now we're really through the looking glass. Yeah, we've really bottomed mm. out on that one. Oh, dear God. Now we're into bad pun territory. Time to... <laughs> so, so I'm, I'm, trying, I'm waiting to get to the point where we can, go, we can power bottom our way through it. Oh, dear. So that was all we had for new news. But there's quite a lot of updates. There's quite a lot, there's of, updates. Quite a lot of updates. And even a retraction. So we can play the updates and retraction sting and it'll actually apply. It will. Let's play yeah. that now. Mm. Updates. And retractions. Now, now, an update to an ongoing story. I think there's um Something about some sort of a someone getting impeached for something? Donald Trump or something? It doesn't sound like a big deal. Is it even worth mentioning? So I guess, I mean, given a... it does seem to suggest conspiracy, we, we're kind of I obliged suppose, to bring it up. I suppose. 
Yeah, so so just today and did it did it, did it start coming out yesterday? I knew it was only reading about it today. Um, so I mean, so all right. Long story is, I have the long story. The short story, even the short story is, kind of Donald story, Trump though. is likely to be impeached. Actually, is so they're they're launching a formal in, in, impeachment inquiry. May end up being impeached on the basis of. Demanding the Ukraine basically investigate Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, around a corruption story that we covered back in episode 219. Yes, we did talk about it a while ago. So the, This is why this is an update yeah. and not news. So the, the claim, the, 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 the conspiracy theory is that Biden used his influence to basically make an investigation into a business that his son was involved with go away. Which is a story that Donald Trump mm. seems to be spinning when saying that people need to investigate Biden and justifying the phone call to the Ukrainian president, who we'll get onto in just a second. But it's mm. a little bit of a background on the whole Biden Biden situation. Yes. So it's been, I mean, it has been investigated. That's the thing. And that's yeah. what we talked about before. So this was back when Joe Biden was vice president. Yep. Uh, there was a situation in the Ukraine where it turned out the country's chief prosecutor. Victor Shokin was corrupt, and Victor Shokin was the person who was responsible for investigating corruption in the Ukraine, and Biden, as vice president, basically urged the president of the Ukraine at the time to investigate the corrupt prosecutor so that there wouldn't be any further corruption in the Ukraine. And at the time, Republicans tried to paint this as being a case of Biden's real motivation, being covering up the corrupt practices of his son, Hunter Biden, who was working for a Ukrainian gas company at the time. Hmm. Now, Ukrainian anti-corruption activists, who you'd think would, would have an interest yeah, in kind finding out on the ball whether this. or not corruption is occurring in Ukraine, um, have basically said that this side of things, the, the, the Biden using his influence, um, angle of it did not happen. Yeah. Um, so the investigations there uh, certainly pour cold water on these things. But um, should the claim be true, of course, uh, it would be very harmful to Joe Biden, who at the moment is looking like poss you know one of the leading contenders for being Trump's opponent. Unfortunately, in the election. yes. Which, I don't yeah, think he'd be a good president, but it does better. seem to be quite popular. Um, and so you yeah, know, it started off. There was a few a few days ago. There was the whole whistleblower thing. There was um, so some whistleblower had said initially it was it was quite vague. It was sort of Trump had said stuff he shouldn't have while talking to another country's leader, and people were sort of saying, okay, so who's he actually spoken to in the in, in the time period in question, and so on and so forth. Um, but since it seems it now seems to have come out that it was uh, his conversation with uh, the Ukrainian president. Um, was the was the one in question, um, and it seems to have been this thing basically here, where, where Trump, uh, the insinuation was that Trump was threatening to withhold military aid or something like that, um, unless they did his bidding and um, and uh, investigated Joe Biden. And indeed, what came out today was it turns out at least the accusation is that 
the condition for Trump talking with the Ukrainian president was this topic had to come up. Ah, I had not even got yeah, to that. Yeah, no, that, that was breaking news that this was, afternoon. Uh, so yes, yeah. the, the claim is that Donald Trump is pressuring the Ukrainians to do an investigation into the firing of the chief prosecutor in the Ukraine and the lack of investigation into Hunter Biden's activities there on the notion that the US is going to restrict around about $400 million worth of aid to the Ukraine unless the Ukraine actually does the investigation on Trump's behalf, which does look like asking a foreign government to give you aid in preparation for an election, which looks like the kind of thing which is impeachable, which then led to Nancy Pelosi actually announcing impeachment proceedings going ahead in the US. Mm. So the White House has released a transcript of the call that isn't, it's it's all to do with a Apparently, it's there's a like, reconstruction there's, there's and voice, a memo. Yeah, there's like yeah. voice recognition software that uh, sort of records or scans all calls from the White House. And so it's sort of a, a, um, a transcript via voice recognition software of this call. And there's possibly been some editing and so on. And people have sort of said, OK, this is the administration that tried to fake a, a hurricane report by drawing an extra line on it with a Sharpie. Can we trust that this thing they this transcript they um, supply uh, is anything? What it has contained is it, it, op enough open for interpretation that Trump supporters say, "Look, see, it proves nothing bad went on," and Trump detractors say it proves something bad did go on. And in terms of it, it sort of sounds a little bit like a. A mafia shakedown. So obviously there is no point at which Trump says investigate Joe Biden or I will withhold US military aid for you. But it's just sort of, you know, mentions Joe Biden, happens to mention aid at the uh, military aid at the same time. It's, uh, you know, and people sort of, well, it's, uh, some people have come out and said, that, yeah, this sounds exactly like a, 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 um, what's the word, protection racket sort of a And because, down. once again, it's a reconstruction but, of a conversation, people are going, if this is the best they can do to shunt attention away from the issue by not releasing the full transcript, this is pretty damning yeah, in, in its own way. Because, you know, the transcript goes a bit like this. I heard he had a prosecutor who was very good, and he was shut down, and that's really unfair. A lot of people are talking about that, the way they shut down your very good prosecutor down, and you had some bad people involved. Mr. Giuliani is a highly respected man. He was the mayor of New York City, a great mayor, and I'd like you to call him. I'll ask him to call you along with Attorney General. Rudy very much knows what's happening, and he's a really capable guy. If you could speak to him, that would be great. Former ambassador from the United States, the woman, was bad news, and the people she was dealing with in Ukraine with bad news. So I just want to let you know that. The other thing, there's a lot of talk about Biden's son, that Biden stopped the prosecution, and a lot of people want to find out about that. So whatever you can do with the Attorney General would be great. Biden went around bragging they stopped the prosecution, so if you look to that, it sounds horrible to me. Mm. Bold choice to do that in the voice of Ernie from Sesame Street. I would have gone with the Trump impression, but good for you for, Zing. for breaking the, uh, the mould. Um, yeah, so and th as, as well as there's this transcript, but the actual report from the whistleblower themselves uh, has been made available to Congress but hasn't been released yet, and so that's the one that people really want to get released because that will be the actual claim against Trump.
rather than this evidence which appears to be somewhat unreliable. So yes, there could be a large-scale conspiracy being run by the American president to get foreign powers to influence the American election, which is a shocking thing to claim. It's a shocking thing. And I'm surprised we've never covered a topic like that on this podcast before. Amazing. Who could have who could who could have thought such a thing? Um and that's probably enough to say about it now because it is still we are news. still sick to our back teeth of talking about Donald Trump and anything to do with him. Even though we haven't actually talked no. about him for what feels like over a year now. Mm. And not long enough, quite frankly. Uh, but no, you can't you can't really ignore that. But let's move on now. So I think I think most of what we have left is well, it's, it's all updates to stuff we talked before. A lot of it's stuff we've already talked about more recently on um on some of our, our patron bonus content. So let's rattle through it fairly quickly. David Koch died, age seventy nine, cancer. Yep. Which he had for a while. And they say you should never say anything bad about the dead. So we're not going to say anything at all. Mm. Um, Sirhan Sirhan, the man who shot um, RFK, has been stabbed but not killed in prison. Which doesn't appear to be anything to do no, with the conspiracy. It's just it's it a doesn't. bit of news it's about Sirhan Sirhan. Now this one I don't think had come, come up, uh, this piece of news hadn't come up before the case had. Peter Ellis um, has died in New Zealand. Peter Ellis, you may recall, I, he's come up before. He's a um, our, our one real instance of the satanic panic back in the 1980s. Um, he was a worker at a creche in Christchurch, uh, and then stories started coming out of, of child abuse, ritualized child abuse, satanic, who knows what. Um, he was found guilty on what appears to be very dodgy evidence, testimony of children that appears to be very coached. There are all sorts of regularities with the investigation, not the least of which was the lead detective having affairs with various, more than one of the mothers of the children in question. And all yes, sorts of there were like. elements of soap opera to the and, investigation. Um, uh, and ever since then, I mean, he's, he's out of jail now, or he, he, he's dead now. He, he was released from jail <clears throat> but has never been cleared, and there have been numerous attempt, numerous requests to have another uh, inquest that might clear his name. And the, the 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 frustrating thing has always been that whoever, whichever political party is in opposition at the time, says yes, we should have a look at this because they know that's what the people want to hear. And as Whoever's, soon as they get into power, mm, they go, oh, actually, no, we trust the police and the prosecution yeah. services here, so we're not going to do anything. And it largely seems to be about, be about preserving the reputation of New Zealand's justice system ahead of. Uh, Preserving the reputation of what appears to be an innocent man, and unfortunately, he's died without having the chance to get his name cleared. Which yes, is just and he was actually literally weeks away from another appeal. Mm, mm. So that's just a bit, a bit, a bit sad, really. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Also sad is the fact that according to the UK's National Crime Agency, Aaron Banks and Leave.EU did not break campaign finance laws or the laws in general in their Brexit campaigning. So they had appeared to break campaign finance laws by brokering a loan via Aaron Banks, who was running Leave.EU, rather than getting the loan directly as an entity. However, it was turned out that this was, whilst immoral, perfectly legal, as options are. Although it is interesting that the UK National Crime Agency then also went on to say, There have been also media reports alleging Mr Banks has been involved in other criminality related to business dealings overseas. The NTA neither confirms nor denies that it is investigating these reports. Mm. Shades of... James Comey popping up on TV to say, hey, 
Just want to remind you all that we're investigating Hillary Clinton. Yeah. No, no, no big deal. Yeah, so, I mean, bleh, Brexit is the one thing I'm possibly more, less interested in talking about than the Trump administration, to be honest. It's just an endless... It's like it's like like the car pile up in Blues Brothers, where they just just keep coming and coming and coming, and a bit bit like that. But it just keep it doesn't stop. It, it's the entire movie. Brexit does feel like Blues Brothers two thousand. Oh, oh God, yes, even worse. Okay, let's lighten the tone a bit. The Area Fifty One Festival. So I went ahead, a bit of a you know, I wouldn't say non non event might be a bit strong. Look, Josh, two million people said on Facebook they were attending. How many people turned up? Not two million. About Some, three thousand. Few thousand. Yeah. Uh, which which is actually, not Actually, if you've ever actually run a yeah. Facebook event, actually is part it's of not the bad. course. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, some people showed up. They wore silly outfits. They sold silly merch. A few people did Naruto running around the place. Um, it's solidified itself in in the pantheon of memes due to the fact that there is apparently a porn parody of it now. Uh, adult website Pornhub has apparently commissioned a porn parody in which a couple of busty urban explorers break into a, an Area 1 type lab uh, and encounter an alien and his penis. <laughs> well, Pornhub. Yep. Such a problematic entity, mostly because they take... Porn you meant to pay for, put it for free online, and thus artists lose their re their re revenue streams. They do, but then they get the good graces of doing these little parodies. The it's an interesting to topic and kind of conspiratorial as well, because apparently there's like one company I can't remember. It's, it has like the most benign name you could think of. It's just sort of International Holdings or something ridiculously generic. But there's this one company that controls all the major porn producers in the states and all the major websites so the company don't lose out when their m movies get pirated on a site like Pornhub because they own Pornhub but yeah it is the artists that suffer and apparently the whole monopoly condition means that yeah conditions uh, for, for everyone in the industry not just actors but they're all, it's not good for any of them and nothing's going to be done about it because for something to be done about it a politician is going to have to stand up in congress or senate or wherever and say hey we need to do something about regulating the porn industry and from then until the end of time will be known as the porn politician and no politician wants to do that to their career so it's we should rename this podcast the porncasters guide to we should. the conspiracy we can get pirated on pornhub <laughs> they, they could make a porn parody of us oh i Goodness. want I want to see that. I don't, but yeah. Um, so yes, Area 51, bit of a fizzle. Pornhub, uh, actually a global monopoly that will probably crush us all beneath its iron and slightly... And Amazon's going to do fist. that first. Mm. And you know Amazon's going to get into porn eventually. Well, yes. Alexa. Alexa. Mm. Yes. Not sure where you're going. Not sure I want to know. Precisely. Uh, okay. Back to reality then, or that's, I suppose the Area 51 kind of counts as reality, but back to back to more uh, earthy topics. Um, Jeffrey Epstein. Jeffrey Epstein. Still dead? Still dead, yep. Uh, so th there, there's been lots of stuff coming out about the, his, his suicide, or was it? Um, one of the things, of course, is the fact that supposedly the security cameras outside his cell were not functioning. Um, so these cameras have been um, 
uh, actually been sent to the FBI to see whether or not they just plain, you know, it was the result of, as we talked about in the past, poor funding of the whole thing and they just um, had, had malfunctioned due to lack of maintenance or whether they had been actually sabotaged in some way. Um, and so that's with the feds. Yeah. Yep. Now, the whole Jeffrey Epstein thing is going to be fascinating for people like me in March of next year, when there's going to be a major conference on conspiracy theories at the University of Miami being held, or run by Joe Yusinski. And as far as I can tell, amongst conspiracy theory theorists, there are those who are going, there's nothing to it. It's, it's, it does it call it a conspiracy and a faked death or murder? Vapid conspiracy theorizing, the official theory is obviously true. And then others who are going, yeah, but you know, mm. and you know that. And I think it's going to be a quite contentious issue mm. in the field of conspiracy theory theories between people who are going, actually, there seems to be enough grounds to at least go, we should consider the possibility. Versus the theorists are going, no, it's just stupid, vapid conspiracy theorizing, shut up about it now. I mean, certainly from the, as we talked about when we talked about Jeffrey Epstein the first time, the the sort of the, the layperson angle and that this one event has been the one more than anything recently I've, where I've seen lots of people saying, I'm not, don't normally go in for conspiracy theories, but, but this one, it seemed to be... Uh, so I don't know if it's just sort of a more recent distrust of the rich and powerful, but then there's always been a bit of that anyway. So um, sort of person who supposedly could threaten the interests of the, the powerful elite uh, conveniently is no longer a problem for them. It's, yeah, it certainly seems, I, I, I can see there's an element of plausibility to that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah so it's going to be a very interesting mm. issue in March of next year. Um, and finally, an update on uh, Malaysian Airlines MH17, which is the other, the other one. MH370 is the one that disappeared. MH17 is the one that got shot it's down. It's kind of the straight to DVD sequel mm. to MH370. Uh, the much, the, the one where we actually know most of what happened to it, but not a few crucial details. The one so shot down over Ukraine. Was it shot down by Ukrainian forces? Was it shot down by Russian forces? Was it shot down by Ukrainian? Loyalists, not separatists, the opposite of what separatists are. Um, was it shot down with sort of Ukrainian elements who were armed by the Russians and sympathetic to them? Was it Russians in Ukraine? Was it Ukraines in Russia? Who the hell knows? Um, so we have some... Yeah, so what we do but... know is that there's been a prisoner swap between Russia and Ukraine recently. And one of the people who claimed responsibility for the downing of MH17, Vladimir Smak, has been given over to Russia, which has led to people in the EU in particular going, that was the worst decision Ukraine ever made, because at least when he was in your custody, you had the ability to pressure him to explain what was going on. But now he's ensconced in Russia, We'll probably never hear from him ever again. Mm. Yes, so a bit of a blow to the case there, because I mean that the the, the well the, the results of the Dutch investigation wasn't it was that it was Russian forces within Ukraine yes. was it? It was yeah. certainly a so Russian either people loyal to Russia mm. or actual Russian military forces operating mm. with Ukraine's borders were the ones who sent the the book missile. Mm. up to down MH17 to then blame the Ukraine for what went on. Yep. Or inadvertently downed a passenger jet thinking it was a Ukrainian jet. Mm. 
Um, so yeah, I mean the, the that that's been the results of this. Uh, what was it? Dutch investigation, but um, nothing conclusive has happened, and now this seems to be uh, somewhat of a blow towards something conclusive actually happening. Because Russia, by and large, never extradites its citizens or its holdings for investigations overseas. So basically, Vladimir is probably palling it up with the other Vlad, and we'll never hear from him again. Mm, that's a shame. And I think that brings us to the end of all our, our news updates. But, but we, we do, do have, have time for a retraction. We have a retraction. Josh, retract. Uh, what I should like to retract is uh, a couple of episodes ago when we were talking about Tesla, we had fun talking about the whole Edison electrocuted an elephant thing. Um, I've, I've found out more recently that that's kind of actually not true. Um, there is a famous movie, Electrocuting an Elephant, where uh, Topsy the Elephant was um, scheduled to be put down, basically, and, and they decided to make a public spectacle out of it for some fairly ghoulish reason. The whole thing was, was just kind of messed up. They like the what, I don't know if the SPCA existed back then, but some animal welfare groups sort of said, dude, you can't just electrocute an elephant. And they're like, okay, well, we'll they had a bunch of other contingencies in place to make sure they did kill the elephant quickly without it suffering. So it was like fed poison and then electrocuted, which which appeared which sort of dropped it instantly and appeared to if not kill it then knock it out and then strangled it to death. How would you strangle an elephant uh, to death? They they had big motors apparently had like a cord around its neck and great big steam engines or something pulling on it to make sure. The story sure gets that, more horrific the horrible. more you describe it. But the point is this was filmed. It was filmed by the Edison Film Company, and as a film made by the Edison Film Company, when you get to the end of it in the, in the credits, it says by Thomas A. Edison. Um, so that's sort of where people mistakenly thought that this film was made specifically on the orders of Thomas Edison, specifically to prove the dangers of AC electricity. But that's not the case. The whole the whole sort of war of the currents thing had been settled a good ten years before this film was actually made. That said. Edison was known to have supported a man called Harold Brown, who very definitely did electrocute a bunch of dogs uh, as part of a campaign to prove that AC electricity was dangerous. So you can't say it's not the sort of thing he would have done if he'd thought of it at the time. It's true. Edison mm. was a very, very terrible human being. And this, yeah, this Harold Brown guy, he sort of, he sort of, he, he electrocuted a bunch of dogs. And then sort of electrocuted a bunch more dogs when people claimed that possibly the, his his other his electrocutions hadn't been like they'd sort of said oh well because you you electrocuted one with DC and then AC and the AC killed it. well maybe that was because the DC weakened at first and so he said oh fine I'll electrocute a few more dogs just don't stop me now yeah uh, so yes not not a particularly serious but so so just let it be known Thomas Edison did not order the electrocution of an elephant to uh, as, a, as a blow in the war over whether AC or DC was good, um, but he's still a dick, so that's okay. Precisely. Now, you know who aren't dicks? You and me? No. Uh, our, we can, we can, we yeah. can be fairly dickish. Our ones. patrons. Our patrons, yes. Now, as it's a news e episode, we like to reward our patrons with content, because normally when we, we give of... content, we reward our patrons with news, and our content this week is a doozy. We are going to talk about the plot to assassinate George Washington. Mm. So if you want to find out more about the plot to assassinate George Washington, why not become one of our patrons for just a dollar a month and you can get fun and exciting ep episodes such as a plot to assassinate who? George, George Washington? Yes. Right. Well, good then. 
Uh, if you want to do that, go to P Patreon and look for us, or go to conspiracism.podbean.com and sign up to their native patronage system. Uh, but for now, I think it's the end of this episode on this it is indeed. slightly chilly Auckland evening, really. It's gone cold There's been a, po a polar blast from the mm. south heading through Not the country. Euphemism. No, mm. and it's kind of dropped the temperature about four degrees in the last week. Which I don't know if the, the, my microphone has possibly been creep, uh, picking up a creaking noise the entire episode, which is because I'm actually wearing a jacket. Actually, no, Josh is actually made of leather. I am actually made of leather. Yeah, it's from my all my years of being an outdoorsman. You know, all that outdoorsing <laughs> I like to do. It's true. You're just like Dexter at the end of Dexter. I'm literally Davy Crockett. Um, so that is the end of this episode, I believe. Um, so we will speak to you next week, unless you're a patron, in which case we'll speak to you fairly soon. Unless you listen to the, 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 the episode later, and then we'll, I don't know. At which point it's got very timey wimey, mm. and frankly, we don't have time for that. We do not have timey wimey for that. So, good goodbye. 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 You've been listening to the podcaster's guide to the conspiracy, starring Josh Addison and Doctor M R X Denton which is written, researched, recorded, and produced by Josh and M. You can support the podcast by becoming a patron via its Podbean or Patreon campaigns. And if you need to get in contact with either Josh or M, you can email them at podcastconspiracy at gmail.com or check their Twitter accounts, Monkey Fluids and Conspiracism. Remember, they're coming to get you, Barbara. I could hear your leather jacket creaking. Yep. Like Jonathan creaking. Mm. TV show that probably went on ever so slightly too long. Oh, I didn't watch much of it after this second season, I think. Yeah. No. Uh, some, some, some of the films were okay. The ones with Rick Mail were great. Oh, did he come back? Yeah. Ah, excellent. Yes, yeah. I only saw him in that, that first... Christmas special or whatever. Yeah, no, he came back in. at least once, if not twice. Mm. And he was as Rick Mail as you expect Rick Mail to be. Never the greatest dramatic actor. No. But the but the greatest Rick Mail. Yes. No, I don't no. think there has been a better Rick Mail. I can't think of one. <clears throat> there might have been one in thirteen sixty six, which was better. But that because it was and not who. It was mm. it was a mantelpiece, but it was a really fine Rick Mail mantelpiece.